Hey everybody, welcome to the 107th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just a quick reminder to please follow us and leave us five stars, leave us a review. If you've got any questions, please send us an email to mathcoreindex at gmail.com. And if you want to get some cool exclusive benefits, please consider checking out our Patreon, get access to our Discord and our livecast. So the first band we're going to talk about is Euclid C Finder. And Euclid C Finder are a math core trio from Baltimore, Maryland. And they just dropped their debut full-length album, The Mirror, My Weapon, I Love You, on October 27th via our affiliate label, Dark Trail Records, mm-hmm. which was recorded no less at the legendary God City Studio uh, and mixed by Zach Weeks, who also recorded the Sunflower record, and mastered by James Plotkin. And we covered this band before. We covered both the previous EPs, both of which I love. Both really fucking good. Yeah, we gave them praise. But for those not familiar, you could see Finder started off as a one-person project of Mike Mel from Kiss the Sky Goodbye, another great uh, Baltimore mathcore band. And in recent years, Mike has recruited guitarist Sean McFarland and drummer Adam Smith to write and record this new album. And they've even picked up a bass, a bassist recently as well. Oh, live, that's so. tight. It's making a them, piece. making them a quartet, and you just know it's going to sound so much heavier live when you actually have that bassist. Because something about we've had this conversation many times on this podcast, but there's something about having the bass actually pushing air versus like a, a signal splitter or some imitation thereof. You know, you know what I'm saying. It just sounds so much that heavier. Beef. Yeah, breakdowns sound more like they sound fuller. So anyway. Glad to hear they've rounded out the lineup. So this album is basically just a love letter to the controlled chaos of mathcore and grindcore hybridization that was popularized during the MySpace era. Mm-hmm. Very short songs, uh, but very intricate bursts of technical riffs, machine gun blasts, very like frantic vocals, uh, with some really disturbing lyrics as well. <laughs> this shit gets dark sometimes. Yeah, it really does. It kind of details an inner conversation between the writer and themselves. And, um, you know, the song titles are kind of that classic. They're funny, but the song subject itself is, you know, quite serious. It, it deals with anxiety, isolation, fantasized suicide, and hyper-focused self-neglect, the latter of which I can strongly relate to when you're just like... When you're really, like, focused on something and you just, like, forget to eat. Mm-hmm. I've been there so many times. And I, so, yeah, this was that was pretty relatable for me. The the, the album artwork is quite, is quite chaotic as well, and it just matches with what this uh, brings. It's uh, it's top-notch math core, man. It's great. I'm so glad you bring up the artwork. Douglas Walker of Secretary actually did that. And it's just that classic, like, collage style, you know, just randomness. But it just it fits the genre so perfectly. It really does. It just, yeah, it's just the chaos of that. Uh, 18 minutes of blistering fucking heat going on here, man. It's a short album. It's a really concise listen, but they waste no time. There's You can expect that under 18 minutes, there's not going to be any goddamn filler. No interludes, no samples. Yeah. It's really straight to the goddamn point. But it's just, it's so idiosyncratic. Like What they do is, is really quite unique. I really don't hear them... I mean, to a certain extent, they're borrowing from some like obvious influences, but... They don't like, they're not like robbing them blind. You know, it's like, it's a really skillful way of, uh, of bringing the style back around in a way that doesn't feel regurgitated. 
They add a uh, like specifically on this release, they add the, uh, the 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 power violence vocals or quote unquote the Cookie Monster vocals, which I really appreciate, especially like on yes. Jonathan Davis, uh, Ten Thousand BC. BC. Once again, top notch fucking song title. Like it's yeah. The inclusion of power violence vocals was definitely an interesting artistic choice, but I think it's one that has paid dividends. It's really fucking good. It uh, works so well. In mathcore with like the zany as we describe sometimes mm-hmm. the riffs, why not add just the like fucking like cookie monster thing? Why just fucking throw it in there? Why not? Because I mean, let's be honest. That is a very it, it like especially from somebody that's not in our that listens to our kind of music. Mm-hmm. The power vines vocals are very goofy. The the, the it's you know. it, that might hit your ear weird the first time for Absolutely. sure. If you're not familiar Absolutely. with the power, if you haven't listened to like weekend <clears throat> nachos or uh, nails is like the probably the most popular version of what a lot of people consider to be no. least high people I mean yeah, I, but I, that's like not really the style that's like the classic power violence cookie monsters Ms. Levi I like I like the addition of it it really was like it brought a smile to my face I, I did take me a second to be like wait a second is, are they gonna oh, they, oh they're doing it again okay like that kind of I've seen some res- surprisingly warm reception to the vocal styling there yeah. so so kudos to them for, for giving that a shot that is one of the more adventurous things about this album for sure I mean Overall, I know the lyrical content is a little darker, but this was a very, I'm going to describe it as a very fun release to listen to. I really enjoyed it. I plowed through it numerous times. Uh, <sighs> so you good. Know, uh, I mean, so good. the, you know, I, I love the, the opening track of Corpse Party, just that, that snare rim tap that, and it's like, oh, let's fucking go. And then it just rumbles into the It seems like there's like a phaser on it too or something. Cause it's kind of, I'm not sure if Adam is just like changing his position of where he's like hitting the click, but it seems like it's like, it's like phasing just a little bit maybe. So yeah, really great production on this album from the God City crew. Like, I mean, the, the the drums especially on this album are fucking incredible. Not overly produced, really. Just overall, the production is like a very raw, organic, live-sounding record. Agreed. Um, you, you feel like you're right in front of the band. I gotta say, 8 out of 10 for myself. I, I definitely give it a 8 out of 5 Pip-Boys. And if you're a Fallout fan, that'll make a lot more sense because the, the band's name is a reference to a infamous Fallout New Vegas weapon, which is sort of like a bit cryptic to figure out how to use completely, but... Did not know that. Okay, and you, you probably mentioned this the last time we covered him, but I, I did, did not know that. And that's this is this is so funny. But this is part of the reason why I want to take this PS3 from you today because I want to replay Fallout New Vegas. Love it, love it. Yeah, I'm giving Christian my uh, PS3 disclosure. today. Yeah, yep. like I, I mean, I never used my PS3. It was like my brother's, and he gave it to me, so it was just like take it. Yeah, and it, I'm glad to. It's so funny because I I borrowed it for like maybe four or five years. This is not pertinent to the podcast or the review at all. I'm so sorry. Let's move on. But yeah, um, so back to the production. Adam is fucking an excellent drummer. He really just makes it look easy. Mm. If you like watch his rehearsal footage, uh, he's basically an effortlessly good player. The parts are so like well-conceived and executed, and it really comes across that way on the recording as well. I was just listening to the test press today, actually, just to like get a, a, you know, another feel for how it sounds, and it just it sounds massive. Surprise! Also, we did not reveal this like when we announced the record, but the B side is also uh, three live cuts from previous Euclid records. So, oh, that's what's up. That's fucking rad, dude. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, do, I mean, how's the the sales and everything? Everything's going good there. We've sold out a couple of variants, so definitely go check that out if you want to pick up a vinyl. We still got a couple left. Support the crew. And Kyle Calvert of Heathen Hand did a really nice layout for us as well. That dude has a great eye for graphic design. I just wanted to shout him out really quickly as well. 
Uh, tracks I enjoyed, though, Corpse Party. I mean, talk about a strong opening to this record. Yeah. Like, the opening sequence with the clicks and uh, just the first, man, the first 60 seconds really sort of lay out what you're going to get on this record. But I think that Tony Bennett's Tape Machine does not like Mathcore. Track two is probably the strongest showing on this record. <laughs> Other than Jonathan Davis, 10,000 BC, Tony Bennett, that track just fucking goes so hard. And part of that, I think, is that the um, the lyrics are so good, too. If you've read the lyrics to this album. Oh, yeah, yeah. Looked into it just like I was, like you were saying. Uh, yeah, it's darker lyrics. Fucking really enjoyed it, man. Oh, yeah, I did send them to you, didn't I? Yep. Uh, Babyoil.wav, also quite good. <laughs> I, I just really enjoy the song titles in general, actually. He's having fun. And Uncle Cracker is the Matrix. I don't even understand that. I, that was one of the other singles, and I wanted to shout that one out as well as being a major highlight for me. But since everybody's probably heard Tony Bennett because of the music video, I think, which, by the way, great music video from Shane Gardner, who did all the Under the Pier music videos. Mm-hmm. That guy has just just amazing eye for music videos. And if you're in the Baltimore area or anywhere like nearby D.C., definitely holler at him because he'll work with you. And uh, definitely has done a good job. I mean, for Under the Pier, every album cycle has just been, like, fucking top-notch. But um, I think Jonathan Davis, 10,000 BC, is the track. Y'all gonna get that Cookie Monster vocal. You're gonna hear it. <laughs> it'll, it'll turn you on. You'll be a believer. So we're gonna play Jonathan Davis, 10,000 BC, which is track five from Euclid C. Finder's debut full-length, The Mirror, My Weapon, I Love You, which came out on October 27th via our affiliate label, Dark Trail Records. Here we go. So that was Jonathan Davis, 10,000 BC, which is track five from Euclid C. Finder's debut full-length album, The Mirror, My Weapon, I Love You. And that came out on October 27th via our affiliate label, Dark Trail Records. So the next band we're going to talk about is the Kalistow Boys. Who? (laughs) (laughs) No, sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> Who? Snoop Dogg me. I had to keep doing it. And the Callous Dogboys are a mathcore sextet from Atlanta, Georgia. And they just dropped their new EP, God Smiles Upon the Callous Dogboys, on October 20th via Monarch Heavy, MNRK Heavy, abbreviated. They teased this title on merch last year, yeah. which is kind of tight. They really were leading up to this for a while, for sure. Yeah. Like with the, the There's been a, a big merch push behind this. A lot of it has been done. I think all of it has been done by Nat Lacuna, who's the vocalist of the Holy Ghost Tabernacle Choir. Dow Boys pump out the merch. It's like so much merch. Fanny packs, hoodies, uh, just crew neck sweaters, t-shirts, you name it. They've they've got a really good spread of shit. Yeah, you really, got to really hand it to them. Even before they basically got Nat on retainer, or so it would seem, they had Jackie, their bassist, doing all of their merch and Jackie's designs were great as well. All like the, the horror movie ripoffs. I still have the, um, what is the, the exorcist one. That's my favorite. I'm waiting for a Cal's Dow boys, uh, track suit. Uh, cause Carson's been rocking the track suits lately and looking good. Really does rock it. So man, what can I say about this band that I haven't already? I think that it's just super clear now more than ever that they are the flagship genre of math core now. As they continue, if this band was just a, an individual, I just want to pinch your cheeks because, like, I mean, us seeing them grow yeah, from literally right. the EP, you know, like, God damn it, I want to pat them on the fucking head, I want to pinch their cheeks, like, fucking so proud of this this group. Like, I really, I, I was almost taking a chance on booking them for Math Core Index Fest 2018, but when they had not released the Dion Mars material yet, they just had like the first couple EPs and. My goodness, when they came and played, they did not disappoint. I immediately just knew that they were going to be a big band in the future. And lo and behold, here we are. They're, they've just garnered such good, uh, so many good reviews and good press. Like, Every, it's so weird. For anybody that has not seen the Dow Boys live, I'm so sorry. You need to get on top of that. But if you have not, go YouTube like a live set. It's so interesting to see a band. You can see that each individual band member has their own identity and really does their own thing on stage. And obviously, right, bass player plays bass, guitar player plays guitar. But it's like you can see everybody have their own personality. Yeah, their their own stage presence. It's so fucking good. And on that whole thing with stage presence, Carson has really just just shaped himself to be such a... uh, um, solid frontman one of the like, greats now. it's so it's in, i mean the, the the jokes the banter the lyrics the the just the overall the presence it's so fucking good dude i yeah. mean like we're, we're dick riding super shit. hard but yeah what can i say I, I love them so much and i'm just so so proud of them as uh as a friend taking the lips off the ass of the dow boys i'm going to say yeah, right. i'm going to say that uh so i can speak about the album yeah, yeah. Uh, the, but the, this this ep it feels so much more than three tracks because yeah. the, divi- the diversity and just the multi-genre and just you're up and you're down you're the here and you're there and yeah it's fucking like they have really they've hit like a level of between the buried and me arrangement like they're really hitting the composition super hard this time around everything feels so much sharper than the material from celebrity therapist in that the transitions are so much more smoother and effective and the hooks are just the catchiest they've ever been. My main critique of Celebrity Therapist was that the transitions were lacking. And uh, I can I really stand by that critique, by the way. But I think that they've hit a new level of focus uh, when it comes to arrangement because all three of these tracks are really strong and it feels like a lot more than three songs, as you were just saying. It's like, I think it's 
12 or 13 minutes of material. Yeah, dude. And I mean, what? Just the, the band before Euclid, that was 11 tracks and 18 minutes, right? Yeah. And we got, yes. But um, it's just, it is top notch. Uh, music coming uh, from from the Dow Boys. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that my favorite track was pushing the pink envelope. I... Sorry, um, that was loud. If you guys heard that, a bunch of motorcycles and shit driving by. I'm gonna shut the other windows. Keep talking. Yeah, I I do agree that pushing the pink envelope is definitely. I mean, it's sort of it, it's like a weird tone setter for the beginning of this album because it starts with like that electro pop like dance intro. You feel like you're hearing a Drop Dead Gorgeous album or something almost initially. That shit fucking made me smile, dude. I love that. But they quickly break away from that and kind of like go into a breakdown or whatever. So that, that track is really strong. There's some like really some chaotic sequences in there as well. But I think the uh, Designer Shroud of Turin uh, featuring Pulses and Rich Castillo. What it, a fucking collab, dude. Whoa. What a, yeah. And first of all, Pulses, the Pulses feature on this track is fucking nuts. I love the back and forth call and response between Caleb and Kevin, really bringing some great, catchy, just funny lines, just like, just back and forth again and again. Um, and then I love how it breaks into that salsa sequence right afterwards. That's really quite unusual. Like, but again, Between the Buried and Me sort of has sort of treaded in similar territory, but yeah. You got to hand it to them for so skillfully putting that into the track. Again, the transitions into these different parts are so much stronger on the CP than they were talking on the Salsa LP. number twelve did that too. Oh well, yeah, that's true. Anyways, yeah, they did on Wild Gods yeah. and um, Worse Than Alone for sure. I was gonna say they got to get the credit if we're gonna be talking. Yeah, yeah so. uh, Lexus has definitely been bringing that Latin flavor to more of their newer material. That being said, though, this is a. Uh, this does not feel like they're borrowing heavily from me. I mean, it's, of course, it sounds like Dillinger to some extent with some of the way they delivered, like some of the, the more bubblegum parts, and um, they're a math core band, so naturally that comparison is going to be drawn. But yeah, they really have just made uh, a name for themselves. I feel like this EP has really just solidified their their status, and this is like everything I wanted out of the LP too. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, I'm one, and you know, I love my EPs digestibility, and uh, this was this is great, uh, and just a really cool thing to come from after releasing two solid, you know, uh, full lengths, and then coming to this. Yeah, love it. So if I had to give God Smiles Upon the Callous Style Boys a rating, solid eight for sure. Actually, eight, eight. Nope, I'm giving a nine. A, really? Nine. You son of a bitch. You know what? I have a nine coming up later in the show. So we're both at our first nines of the episodes. Like this is this is stronger material than the celebrity therapist material. Like, yeah, I I think that it's uh it's an improvement and a progression, and it, yeah, it demonstrates. Yeah, it, I mean, what you want to hear out of a transitional EP like this between LPs is like an artistic progression of some sort, right? Not just like some b-sides from the last lp i would give it a nine as well but i just don't trust that carson i just don't trust just don't trust it no so do you think we should give him uh pushing the pink envelope or designer shred of turn turn i agree i mean because probably you all have heard judging by the spotify listens the that's the, you got the pink it's it's top listened right now so yeah, yeah. yeah so we're gonna go ahead and give you designer shroud of turin which is track three from god smiles upon the callous style boys which is the callous style boys new ep which came out on october 20th via mnrk heavy here we go So 
Designer Shroud of Turin, which is track three from God Smiles Upon the Callous Dowboys, which is the God Smile, which is the Callous Dowboys' new EP, which came out back in October via MNRK Heavy. So the next band we're going to talk about is Mouth Breather, and Mouth Breather are a metalcore quartet from Lowell, Massachusetts. 
at least originally. I think they're kind of scattered now. And they just dropped their second full-length album, Self Tape. <clears throat> Excuse me, Self Tape via Good Fight Music on November 10th. And, you know, with every re- talk about their sound, with every release, this band does sort of move further and further away from the mathcore and grindcore elements from their first two EPs in favor of more groove-based material. And on this, like, last album in particular, they're definitely flirting more with, like, new metalisms as well. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Sprinkle to the album. There's, like, a couple grindy, blasty sections, but, yeah, for the most part, it's really more, like, chugging and feedback and grooves now. They really have just, like, dialed in, like, the, the new mouth breather approach for sure. Bouncy yes. breakdown. Yeah, I was going to say it's a bouncy groove for sure. The, the breakdowns are very simple with the feedback, the, 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 the classic mouth breather feedback, right? A lot of that, yeah. On that note, the production on this album is excellent. Uh, when it comes to like noise stuff, like they really have a lot of interesting pitch shifting stuff happening in between these chugs uh, that makes it very mechanical sounding, almost industrial sounding to some degree. Uh, and that's to the credit of Nick Cates, the drummer of this band, who on this album is actually lending a lot more vocals as well. Great vocals, too. So before we started recording, Christian and I were discussing Mouth Breather and just this this release. And I was like, the call and response, you know, the vocalist and the bassist, da, da, they're so good. And he's like, dude, a lot of that's actually Nick. And I was like, what? And then he had to point out a few like parts where it was like, this is Nick. This is Nick, and I just got to say, like, top-notch. I really think the the triple vocal approach that's happening is amazing. <laughs> so everybody has their parts. Everybody has, a, And when I do listen to it more now that Christian pointed out, everybody has a little bit of a different tone going on. Mm-hmm. And since we're on the note of vocals— It's very complimentary, too, because—and I think Brett and Nick's vocals blend, and I think part of that is because, you know, they're brothers. So just family bands, for some reason, the vocal melodies or screaming even seems to just blend super well— whether it be the Bee Gees or Mouth Breather. Just two brothers. Just two brothers. Or Kings of Leon is another sort of good example. Albeit their newer stuff is very, very cringe. But man, those that first album, the first couple albums actually are good. Wasn't the Bee Gees three brothers? I believe it was three brothers, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Brothers Gib. Just three brothers. Just three brothers. Um, I, but we yeah. can't reference Rick and Morty anymore. Cancelled. Ba- ba- back to back to uh, back to the vocals. <laughs> ba- back to the vocals, though. Uh, the last two releases have been amazing with just this, just the because um, you know the la- the the first two releases of Mouth Breather they with bounced a different vocalists, different vocalists, right? Yeah, I'm glad we're covering this. So yeah, we had Anthony was the original vocalist of those those two EPs, and then briefly there was an interim where Derek stepped in to be. The lead vocalist, the bassist now, yes, yes. was briefly the vocalist, the main vocalist for a while uh, for Math Core Index Fest 2019, as a matter of fact, and handled those duties really, really well and competently. Fucking Derek did a great job, man. So, yeah, it's curious to see that his vocals have been lessened a little bit on this record, but the, the, the trade-off is, is that we have more you know, back and forth between Nick and Brett, and it just it does work really quite well. Actually, on Eye Doctor, Derek does have a very prominent part. That's like one of his yes. more prominent parts on this record, and it's like that makes it like a three-part call and response on that track in particular. Yep. Uh, uh, specifically on Eye Doctor, since you're just mentioning that, I really do enjoy the the new metal bouncy side of that. It really just... <laughs> That's it, one it, of those tracks. You just fucking dive in at that point. Like, what what's going on here? Um, it's... It, it, I really enjoyed the rap t- 
type lyrics going on almost. It's like, okay, okay. One one funny thing about Eye Doctor is that it's a bit of a callback to the song right before it, Shotgun Wedding. And there's no indication on the track listing that's like a, a first and second movement of any kind. The tracks are transition. connected. But, but they, they bring back the track from the track before it, which I thought was an interesting artistic choice. But. Mm-hmm. I want to say, though, this was great to see Mouth Breather with such a lengthy full length. You know, it was quite a few tracks. It's about the same length as I'm Sorry, Mr. Salesman. They Their songs are never really clear three minutes, but I, I think Eye Doctor is their first three-minute track, actually. Yeah, I'm mistaken. one of the longer ones. They're, it's like their longest track to date. So they really don't add a lot of filler. Uh, <laughs> just like generally speaking, Mouth Breather is not like a filler band. Although I will say that the end of this record was a bit of a disappointment to just have that one riff sort of closing out the record felt a bit anticlimactic to me. Mm-hmm. That's like my only like big complaint. Other than that, I mean, if you like bouncy metalcore bordering on new metal with some slight mathcore and grind influence, you're really, really going to enjoy this record. Also, if you're a fan of Mouth Breather before, the feedback's there. I mean, you're you, know, you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. I think that this is... Probably an improvement in some ways over I'm Sorry, Mr. Salesman. I mean, the production, again, just to keep touching on that, fucking Nick is killing it with, with what he's doing production-wise on his on his releases. Mm-hmm. The guitar textures and the drums and the vocals, the mix is just so, so good. Uh, one frustrating moment, this is another very minor complaint, but I hate how they used... The titular line for "You Try to Die" in the chorus of "Imaginary Skin" versus the track "You Try to Die." There's a lot of, and also I will. That's a bit of a head scratch. Yes, I also want to mention like just a lot of dying. Dying. A lot of dying in the lyrics. It's a uh, lot of dying. Well, at least it's not like Pillar of Wasps. And granted, I love Pillar of Wasps, but a lot of pressure. Oh, a lot on... of pressure and frustration. It's building. Yeah, I know. I know for sure. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> And this is I, I love both these bands, by the way, so I'm saying this with, with all love and respect, but yeah, just a very minor complaint there. But yeah, if you like Mouth Breather, as Levi was just saying already, like you're going to be very pleased with this record. I think it's a bit more focused, possibly, than I'm Sorry, Mr. Salesman, and um, uh, lyrically, at least, you know, like the, the, every track is a movie reference, so they're much like the god awful truth's memory palace excuse me memory palace from 2020 it's basically every track is a reference to a different film i've already said this describing uh releases on this podcast on this episode specifically already but i'll say it again uh the bounciness of this record it makes it a little more fun anyway ethical hunting you try to die i doctor as we already talked about earlier and i I know best. Like that's a pretty strong track for the second leg of this album. I yep. think uh, the uh, the titular lyric line does go pretty hard. So if I had to give this one a rating, I mean, it's, the production is really really strong. But I, I'd say probably a seven for me personally. Seven as well, but you a, know. a solid seven though. Yep. I think if you're a really diehard fan of this band, you'll probably view it more favorably though. I can't wait for the day that we decide to cover uh, uh, a band and then we go. Four. Fucking four, you stupid band. I think I've given out a five on this podcast. I haven't given... We do like... It's very unlikely that we'll cover something that's a four or three. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, we decide what we want to listen to. It's like, why would we bring a band on just to fucking bash them? That's not what we do. Well... Christian, it's not what we do. I I don't want to make the podcast inherently negative by just covering stuff we know we're going to just inevitably critique, but... 
you know, as bands that we admire and enjoy release worse material, it might happen. So right. you better watch out, everybody. <laughs> watch your backs. All right, so Mouth Breather, <laughs> 7 out of 10, both of us. So I'm thinking we should give them uh, the opening, though, self or from uh, ethical ethical. Oh, hunting. and especially with the call and response, you're, it immediately goes into what we were talking about. Uh, yeah, let's do that one, man. So we're going to go ahead and play Ethical Hunting, which is track one from Self Tape, and that's off of Mouth Breather's second full length, which came out on November 10th via Good Fight Records. Here we go. Good fight music, whatever. Who cares? I don't know how many times I've been here and gone. I'm blasting in a shoe So that was Ethical Hunting, which is track one from Mouth Breather's new full-length album, Self Tape, and that came out on November 10th via Good Fight Music. So the next band we're going to talk about is Autism. And Autism are a mathcore quartet from Lille, 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 France. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'll go back and maybe plug that in correctly later. And uh, we covered the band back in 2017 when they released their debut full-length, or maybe it's their second full-length album. I'm actually a little confused on that. Dance in the Maze, which I love and own on vinyl, actually. And now the and in CD. Mm. <laughs> and uh, now the band are back with what I believe is their third full-length album uh, and their first album in six years with The White Tiger, which they dropped on October 31st. Curiously avoiding a Friday there. And... To talk about their sound, uh, they're less in like the blistering, fast staccato and chromaticism in favor of more of like the groove-based 
breakdown heavy approach that's become more embraced by the newer bands of this like current generation of mathcore. Mm-hmm. You know, pitch shifting, uh, d- just a lot heavier in, in general, a lot uh, less leaning on fast and more on heavy. And hands down, I think this is one of the best mathcore bands in Europe right now, right Agreed. up there with Frontier and, yep. and Pupil Slicer. Extremely huge fan of the vocals. They're like very good. Kind of like half word, halfways like muffled in a way. I don't know what it is, but I really, really enjoy the style of vocals that uh, that Autism brings. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I want to say that this was just a great mathcore release. Uh, a little bit grindy in there, you know. Um, I was a big fan of the last release, like you were just talking about. This is just a continuation of Autism. Um, just like Mouth Breather, if you were a fan of Autism before, you're going to really enjoy this. It just continues on. Yeah. I don't think that they've, uh, I mean, I, the earlier stuff is not quite as, as good as Dance in the Maze in this, but yeah, this is, um, they're just, they're again, they're one of the best. I think they've established themselves, especially since Dead Kiwis is not active anymore, seemingly. Like, they are right up there, right behind, or right with Pupil Slicer and, and Frontier, in my opinion, in terms mm-hmm. of, like, the energy, the intensity, like, the arrangements, the production, yeah, Geo, a really great vocalist, very animalistic in his approach as well. So Ooh, like, animalistic. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like a very, he's got a unique approach for sure. Some great features on this album as well. They bring in uh, Chad Capper of Frontierer. Uh, so you, again, the, the cosign is there. That pretty much tells you all you need to know about this band. I don't really have like a whole lot of detailed notes on this particular release. Sadly, it's probably the one that I just inevitably didn't have the time to spin as much. Probably listened to it like five times, maybe, or four times. But I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy just you spark. I feel I feel like that was a great opening track. Just yeah. lets you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. A bit short for a tone setter, but yeah, good. Hey, good. At least it ain't an intro. I mean, yeah. like I mean, just it was a solid a shorter opening track, right? right. You know, eh. not an acoustic guitar intro. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but uh, I also really really enjoyed uh once again i'm third time saying it um i really enjoyed the album artwork uh it actually gave me some joy division vibes uh the pleasures album for sure with the with the mountain kind of like soundscape kind of thing going on it's very like uh japanese ukiyo yeah yeah if you look at it though you'll see what i mean by the unknown pleasures kind of reference i'm talking about uh anyways I, i overall i really enjoyed uh my favorite track would be you are the circle uh just a great ender uh kind of falls apart uh, between your fingers at the end you know yeah uh anyways so so what i'm doing what i'm gonna say is autism you're getting a seven so yeah in terms of rating i'd have to give this one a a seven as well i think it's actually i feel like giving them an eight really it's fucking maybe i'm biased because the music videos really swayed me like there's some good music videos for this album cycle and particularly born in what is it uh born in toffet that particular track has a really good music video, and that, I think that's actually the strongest oh, track. That on the track album. is an extreme. Do you know what? That might be my favorite track. I mean, I like the Beast Mole track too, and Fossilized in the Sky. But uh, Born and Toph, it takes you for a ride, and it gets fucking heavy, dude. It does. It does. I think it's the most like diverse in terms of like the dynamics that are presented on the album. Neurosis of Time, obviously you got the Chad Capper feature, but I feel like Born in Toffet is the stronger, the strongest track even. We've decided. We have spoken. Cool. So we're going to play for you Born in Toffet, which is track six from With the White Tiger, which is Autism's new album, which came out on October 31st. Here we go. 
rate progression of the original game too. See, I never played the like the OG Star Fox, but that one specifically, like it grabbed me. You'll you will not enjoy going back and playing Star Fox the, 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 one if you yep. haven't played it before. I'm sad to say, but like it's a great fucking piece of nostalgia if you like Super Nintendo though. Grab that. Um, and then having Star Fox Two finally be out, like the lost Star Fox game, like because of uh, the virtual console, like so sick. I, I, now I'm thinking of Professor Caffeine and the insecurities. Ah. <laughs> so. Wow, what a 2020 reference. Yeah, there we go. I like that shit, dude. I love how you can't remember any given band that we've covered before, but that, Professor Caffeine. And the insecurities. I got that one down for sure. <laughs> Still go back to that, too. Um, I haven't right. listened to that in ages. I need to. Yep. All right, so that was Born in Toffet, which is track six from Autism's new album with the White Tiger, and that came out back in October. So next, we're going to talk about End. And end are a metalcore quintet from New Jersey featuring Brendan Murphy of Counterparts, guitarists Will Putney of Fit for an Autopsy, and Greg Thomas of The World's a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die, who also recorded Fall 50 Feet's Twisted World Perspective. Mm. Had to shout him out. Greg's the dude. And bassist Jay Pepito of Reign Supreme and drummer Matt Guglielmo of The Acacia Strain. Hopefully I didn't mispronounce that. So great pedigree behind this. If it's been called a supergroup, I, I really hesitate to use that term under any circumstance. But, I mean, fuck me. This is a fucking great lineup of extremely talented dudes. Who, all their bands are very, very good. I'm not the biggest Counterparts fan, nor am I the biggest fan of Brennan Murphy's Twitter presence, unfortunate Twitter presence. But, <laughs> man, say what you will about whatever he fucking tweets. This dude is a fucking great vocalist and versatile and... I'd love, just to shout him out, I love how he brings this completely different approach to end than he does on Counterparts. Absolutely. Different lyrical subjects, different... It's just, he doesn't bring the same thing at all. It's like it's like a different vocalist almost. I totally agree. This is, I, I mean, I, I like to I like to use a super group, but in this situation, it is a lined up roster. Let's, let's all just agree on that. But uh, back to the album here, it, it's, this is... Uh, and just stronger and stronger every time. This is by far the best release. I agree. As of right now, I agree. Uh, I really, really, really love the uh, the the added uh, artists here. We have Debbie Great G. Features. Yeah, my got God. Debbie G. We got uh, J. Harriet. Debbie uh, Harriet also, by the way, just released a new single today. If I'm exactly. Not Good call, bud. And then uh, J. R. Hayes. Fucking God just, damn it, dude. <laughs> who hardly needs an introduction, but yeah, the Pig Destroyer vocalist feature. Fucking J. R. Killing it. And then of course. Uh, What's his face? Daniel Walker is that it? Yeah, so, Walker from fucking the guy from Full of Hell. It this this overall though it, such a solid release. Uh, definitely kind of getting away from like the convergy kind of like feeling that we've a little less. I mean, one track is in particular oh, very convergy yeah, yes, with the I one agree. riff. Yes, it's an uh, opening riff there. Yeah, yeah, it's like a very like aimless arrow or like um, a very oh, all like we you're... love we leave behind kind of riff. Yep. yep. I, uh, this this though is just solid as fuck. My 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 favorite tracks, uh, uh, "Gapping Wounds of Earth" and then "Thaw" with Debbie G. I feel yeah. like Thaw really has this industrial approach that 100%. just fuck, and it's just like tempo switching all over. Really, just like it was like it's like this math core industrial like track that I really just it. I kept, it's so I, nice to see that that kind of experimentation from them because yeah, I I do feel like the. The last album was just sort of a continuation of the EP, which which, which makes just sense. A, just a ripper, just a fucking crotch ripper, just and that covered makes, up. That makes perfect sense. But yeah, um, this this EP, this album is is way more 
they're taking way more risks. And the major example being Thaw with that industrial. It's got element. some different flavors, different layers going on mm. here. You know, even more like, better pacing. Even like Thaw, like I, 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 what I love about the 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 track is that it has my attention with like the tempo t- uh, changes and the industrial side. Mm. But I am just waiting for Debbie to come in, and Debbie doesn't come in until about halfway through. But then it's just this collaboration back and forth, and just like God damn it, I really really love that track if i'm not mistaken debbie was also in a mathcore band called dead hands really yeah okay. i'm not I'm pretty confident about that actually but yeah i mean that, overall that that'd be that's i feel like that's my favorite track but also just it, the one that just i uh sometimes when i listen to a uh, an album here for for mathcast i really know if i can't even finish the track and i want to repeat the track before it's even done where I'm like oh I gotta hear that again and I do the 15 second backup thing I'm like okay I got something going on here my ADHD is like won't even let me finish the fucking track you know there's so so many good parts crammed into this record that being said yeah it's fucking excellent Will and Greg just bringing a game in terms of riffs they don't have they don't have Billy Reimer of the Dillinger Escape Plan anymore but the new drummer definitely dutifully uh, fulfilling their position and honestly i think it almost pains me to say it but i i feel like maybe he's filling the role a little bit better stylistically too okay hmm. well i mean no fucking... shade to billy because i love billy as a, a, a player and i think that he killed it on his release yeah the ep but yeah so um yeah i mean they're just they've proven themselves themselves to be more than just an hm2 hardcore band i think for sure here like i think we all knew it right away with this the pedigree and that first ep but yet seeing this album come around with just way better pacing and way better attention to detail like yeah this is their best shit yet for sure really really good artwork for the album again also good they nail it not as good as the last one with like the vinyl layout was just resplendent uh lavish layers upon layers of various cardboard inserts uh one of the funnest releases i have on my fucking in my collection i love how you can just enter you can change out it's like in a mood kind of thing you can change the cover as if you want it you can pull out one of the other inserts so yeah really 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 enjoying the art aesthetics that they put out just overall a predator yourself very concise good opening this record um a gaping, but I think "Gaping Wounds of Earth" is the best track, though. The breakdown on that Agreed. track goes absolutely fucking insane. I, I mean, I, 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 I did really didn't want us to do like a, a vocal appearance, like the Thaw one with Debbie, just because. I mean, there are so many good tracks just with "End" by themselves. Just, I, I feel like that's a. And I'm good sure choice. you've, and I'm sure you've noticed that I've deliberately, in like more recent episodes, tried to avoid. I get us, that. I mean, it's like it doesn't feel fair to like use the features to be like this the representation of the rest of the album exactly um i'm gonna give this a solid eight out of ten i have to agree with you eight out of ten it's really hard to nitpick anything like this if anything will's coming for you if you fucking give him anything (laughs) um love you will uh but yeah there's really it's really hard to nitpick about this Uh, the, the production is fucking perfect the the writing is practically perfect as well it's just if anything i could use more of the industrial elements i could use more of the pacing you know more switch ups more dynamics i think would be would be appropriate but you're it, greedy i am i am i want to see them take that to another level honestly not to like a, a code orange level of like crazy I, I just i just want to say i'm like we'll just go listen to code orange and you want all the industrial stuff but i don't want i don't want it the entire album but 
I mean, yeah, it would be nice to see them just adding a bit more experimentation overall. It doesn't necessarily have to be industrial either. I just think that they that uh, they're maybe even punching under their weight stylistically, given what all the members are capable of doing. Hmm. Is that a fair assessment? Sure. Whatever. I didn't mean whatever, for that to sound Whatever just stops Will from coming knocking on this door. That's all I want. That's all. I- <laughs> I'm so sad that I missed them recently because I would have loved to have uh, met them at that fucking the show that they were on with Full of Hell, but just. You know, baby, got an excuse now. You're a dad. Yeah, I got that. Bulletproof excuse. (laughs) What did Jeff say? He said, it's like a lead-lined container. (laughs) 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 Ah, So, yes, that's accurate and good. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to play for you Gaping Wounds of Earth, which is track two from The Sin of Human Frailty. And that came out on October 27th via Closed Casket Activities. Here we go. So that was Gaping Wounds of Earth, which is track two from The Sin of Human Frailty, which is In's new album, which came out on October 27th via Closed Casket Activities. What a fucking label, man. Like, Still what? pumping it 
out, dude. Them and Pure Noise are inarguably two of like the best metalcore labels of the past decade. Like their track record is so yes. good. Every record is just like fire. If you if you like metalcore, hardcore, like they're crushing it. So next and last, we're gonna talk about Dreamwell. Screamo index time, baby. Oh, I was just gonna say, man, this is a Screamo index moment here, man. Come on now, <laughs> let's go. And you know what's so funny about this band is that KZ, the vocalist, is like a very devout, excuse me, devout fan of Botch too. Mm-hmm. Top notch fucking vocals yeah. going on here. Top notch Screamo. Just yes. We were talking about this yesterday, Levi and I, via text, but. This is one of the best bands in Screamo right now. There are some really excellent bands doing some stuff like Ostraka, Sinza, obviously, Crowning. I'm sort of blanking on some other good examples, but... You nailed, but, you nailed some good ones there. But, but Dreamwell has the sauce. Well, Dreamwell is multi-genre, but, uh, and Dreamwell, I really just hope you don't take offense to like just us saying Screamo over and over again, but I mean it in the nicest way. Uh, I mean, truly from just the... The, the lyrics, the, the emotiveness. The, the emotiveness, um, the goddamn just like beautiful, twinkly, melodic side of like, even just like intro, the intro track is just like, God damn it, dude. The good reasons to freeze to death or whatever. Oh my it's just God, like... What an intro. And what uh, I love... You got me fucking sold. It just... I mean, from like... 0.5 seconds in I'm like Ugh! like and the thing is like um, Christian and I sometimes we we haven't done it as much lately but like we both get you know quote unquote the feels off tracks and mm-hmm. we'll we'll get goosebumps and like send pictures of each other's goosebumps this is a goosebump band for so sure so this I mean truly like from track one like as soon as I hear that intro I'm like oh my god and then the singing kind of vocals that started and it's just like it is the singing is, is quite competent it is so well done and I will just take t- I'll take it all and they I'll brought the singing out right away immediately track just one. like let's go which is very brave of them, but like it, it works. It's kind of like auto tune-ish even too. It seems. I feel I feel like with Dreamwell, when it it starts like this, you know you're gonna be getting some sauce pretty soon after this, you know? And sure enough, man, about a minute in, fucking it gets beefy. They add the fucking they add the sauce there and it's it's great. Yeah, I, they really they uh yeah, they're showing some some progression here, obviously, by adding a bit of the experimentation with the the more melodic vocals and but they do have that, as you were sort of saying with the the twinkly guitar parts, they have like a very clear equation with like the distorted guitar playing the rhythm part and then like the clean guitar playing like the kind of twinkly lead. Yep. There which is I think Aki plays like the twinkly lead parts. There is like this multi-genre thing going on specifically uh, specifically in this release yes. that I feel that Dreamwell just does not give a fuck, and they're just doing whatever the fuck they want. Totally. Not to, like, walk back the Screamo accusations, but, like, they're they're more broad in their approach than that, for sure. They definitely have, like, a very underlying metalcore and even mathcore influence, as we were talking about earlier with the, the botch thing. The melodic... The melodic to the uh, more extreme side of the music, it actually kind of reminds me a lot of Seisha. And I know I'm kind of really stretching for that, but as far as like the Screamo side, uh, I just really kind of got that. It got, it got, I got that a lot when it was like the more like melodic, beautiful parts than going back into like the harsher screaming side. Mm. Overall, this, uh, this release is the, by far the strongest, I thought the last release was solid, but holy fuck. I love the last release, and the music videos were on point. Yeah, and I can't wait for more music videos. I mean, they just released this. I hope for some more, you know, content coming out with this release. Well, there's there's three music videos for this music, for this uh, This this album album cycle. But but one of them in particular is uh, better than the others. Like, they they put out one for Blight Town, 
uh, type beat, which is my favorite track off the album. I love how they bring in that like that surf part. Like it's like black yeah, and yeah, it's like black and surf rock. Yep, yep, <laughs> and not like Cavello Attack or whatever that band is called, but in a very more more idiosyncratic way. Like they're really striking out on some like bold territory with this record. It's really really good. It's uh, all, this, this all towers drawn in equatorial room is the track I'm thinking of with no I'm, excuse me is it that's not it it's um is that it sorry continue there, let me, I was going to say let me just cut you off and yeah, just yeah. say uh overall I'm just going to describe um, my my uh my elevator pitch to you all uh this album is tension yet tenderness it is it builds and then goes right back into that melodic beauty and then builds and there's hard parts and like Overall, I'm just here for it. I fucking love it. It's so fucking good. Yeah, this is a a great follow up to their first LP for sure. What are, uh, like uh, you got any uh, tracks that really kind of stick out to you? Yeah, um, obviously, good reasons to freeze to death is a fucking really powerful yeah, opener. What makes it even more powerful is that they bring that motif back on the closing track too. That's how you bring back a goddamn fucking riff and everything, Malbreather. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> a little more skillfully executed there. That, that's I wanted to get to that point, but we were sort of on like at the you know we had forward momentum there, so I don't yeah. want to ruin it. But I, I definitely agree with you strongly that tie. I mean, tying a riff together. If you're going to tie two songs together, maybe a bit more spacing is appropriate. It's such a great callback, and really just this opening and ex. Exiting of the of the it of, reinforces the you know, catharsis. It's, it's beautiful. It's yeah, fucking yeah. I love it, man. The, cl- the closure is definitely there. It's a great close, a very powerful opening and close to this album emotionally. Another track I really enjoyed. Uh, it will hurt, and you will, and you won't get to be surprised. Really enjoyed that. <laughs> kind of more of a uh, towards the end. Wow, there. what yeah. a what a what a poignant song title, huh? It hurt. I I, I felt attacked. You know, I, it's a it's a good one. Uh, I, I want to be real with you. Um, this is obviously going to be one of my best ofs for this year. It's just, uh, it, and I, even just like, I, I know I might maybe bias for like the screamo side, but it just, it, it's so good. Um, this is my first Agreed. nine. This is my first nine out of 10 for oh. the podcast. And I'm going to stick to that fucking nine out of 10, baby. I give it an eight for sure. I mean, this is, if you like, like screamo metalcore hybrid you will really, really enjoy Post this. hardcore, fucking, you got a little, got math core well, in there yeah, too, man. A little bit of math core. Got, yeah. yeah, they really are multi-genre. You got that wonky kind of zanginess in there with the math core in there. And I mean, yeah, like, Blighttown beat, when it, after it goes into like the surf rock thing, it's got like a sass part. It's like, it's like Rhode Island sass for a second. You know what I'm saying? And the mid part of Blighttown type beat. We also love Dark Souls references. That's good. Uh, all Towers Drawn in the Equatorial Room. The music video for that is fucking excellent, too. That was the track I was thinking of that I just wanted to shout out very quickly. I mean, because they did a music video for Obelisk of Hands, one of my other other favorite tracks, and uh, again, Blighttown. But yeah, the, the narrative music video you're going to want to watch is All Towers Drawn in the Equatorial Room. And by the way, that track has the nastiest, moshiest breakdown of the entire album. Yep. Like, that's like the metalcore track almost in a way because of that it's like a feedback breakdown for the second entire second leg of that track and it's so simple but man is it just like it makes me want to move so chef's kiss if it sounds good it's good to quote my shitty band teacher from high school (laughs) so i think it's blight town okay that's the one math core so we're gonna play blight town type beat 
which is track eight from In My Saddest Dreams, I Am Beside You, which is Dreamwell's newest album, which came out on October 20th via Prosthetic Records. Here we go. in between now okay so better lovers just dropped a new single today as a matter of fact um featuring uh as you know jordan buckley goose and uh greg pusciato and um man i think it's i think you haven't heard it yet right levi no i'm excited to listen to it though i I gotta say it's like jordan buckley I, i think by comparison they're playing it safe on this ep and this single jordan's like okay here's here's some actual riffs like, um, it feels way more stepped up. I did uh, listen to uh, the new Good Game. Oh, the new. Well, we listened to that covered last episode. No, yeah, we did. We covered oh, we did, Good we Game. Did, but did we actually like? Uh, well, I guess we promoted. it, I guess yeah, there yeah, we, covered it. Yeah. we covered it. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I've been jamming lately. Is a Good Game. Okay. Fuck, it's so good, dude. Do you like it? Yeah, of course. We, we talked about this on the podcast. I know, but that's I mean, like, do, but I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, uh, 
I think I gave it an eight, if I'm not mistaken. Sometimes, like, there are records, like, after we cover it, I kind of, like, put it to the shelf, almost, you know? Well, but that's, that's, like, 90% like, of what we talk about. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, Good Game is one I keep going back to, so... Uh, Subterranean Dissonant Fest just got announced on February that is a 9th. crazy 10th. lineup, dude. It's fucking ridiculous. Car Bomb, Closure in Moscow, KO Dot, Jerome's Dream, Artificial Brain, Artificial Brain? Like, what, dude? Well, different vocalists. I know, I know. So, it's not as fun for me. But, yeah, Sawtooth Grain is on the lineup. And then, this is the most notable mention for me, is Yowie. Yowie is back. And I think we've hinted about this in previous podcasts. They have a new guitarist who... We've talked about in other bands before, uh, an Australian math core band, as a matter of fact. Really? That's a pre- that, that should narrow it down for you pretty fucking heavily. I don't want to give it away in, in case the Definistrator listens to this podcast, but that's the drummer. But, um, yeah, you're, you're going to be pleasantly surprised by the new lineup, I'd say. Car Bomb is headlining. Let's go, dude. Let's fucking go. So, again, that's Subterranean Dissonance Fest, and that is February 9th and 10th, and that's in... Uh, in Philly. That's in Philly. Cocksucker, I just lost my fucking place. What else? So, oh, Mini Eyes, Jordan, or excuse me, uh, Keith Buckley's new band just mm-hmm. dropped a new single as well. And by comparison, it sounds awful to the new, I mean, in comparison to the, the new Better Lovers sing- single, it sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. Like, I gotta say, Mini Eyes at this point is shaping up to be, you know, Keith and two dudes who are just aping every time I die as much as it pains me and saddens me to say that like I love Keith as a lyricist but I think that maybe he he's run out of interesting things to say almost Greg Puciato I have the same sort of view about as well to be fair but touche um, yeah Keith I just saw I see more mileage in like him being like a novelist or something in the future and it's just this feels like a regression to me almost this band Mm mm-hmm it doesn't feel it doesn't feel right. I don't know. Uh, Eyes and Death Goals have just announced a run of European dates. So if you're in Germany, Switzerland, or France, Netherlands, Poland, definitely catch that tour. Two fucking great bands. Sunflower just dropped a new single today, Fifty Ways to Leave a House Fire." And in a way, it this feels like not a continuation, but like a, a logical progression from. The LP, and that's These exactly... These tracks fucking rip, dude. dude. I love them. You've already heard the other unreleased track from the un- unrenounced, unannounced EP. You've heard it here first. But, uh, yeah, man, the, the, the new material is so fucking good. It's very reminiscent of the strongest material off the LP, and that is basically Crypt Fucker and the, the title track, All These Darlings and Now Me. And, yeah, 50 Ways to Leave in a House Fire has just got, like, this... Almost like a post-hardcore flavor to like the bridge, especially with like that reverb-heavy like, del- or maybe it's delay like pull-off guitar riff, and just like it's got a sense of melodicism to it that's just infectious and really really catchy. So, fifty ways to leave a house fire is out today. Kaunashi dropped a new single, "Humiliation Ritual." I gotta say, I'm not digging this. It's not good. We were talking about this the other day, too. Um, I, I, myself, I just haven't been uh, tuned in with Kaunashi for a while, so I'm just going to stay out of it. So. I, I loved Lemon House a lot. I thought that was a... Well, there it is. Oh, those cracky fucking vocals. I can't do it, man. Yeah, I loved the LP, but... Uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is just like... They're... It's beneath them almost like the way the song... The song is basically just like one riff and one vocal line the entire line. So I crossed the street. It's basically like the 
the, the song itself yep. is just that line. So I'm a little bit let down by this, but the car key single did go really hard. So if there's an LP behind this, I still have a little bit of faith that it's not going to be, you know, bad. I'll still probably enjoy it. I do agree with you. Stay positive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I back up what you're saying that the vocals are like not it. It's like I, I, I don't. I'm willing to forgive that because the emotion is behind it, and there's a great fucking narrative behind what Peter does. But they're consistent. They're they are consistent vocals. I just um, it's just not my tone. I just uh, they they the way they crack and everything. Like I feel back in the day, I I don't know. I just uh, yeah, it just doesn't hit my ear. Anyways, I just haven't been listening to Kawanashi. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I loved it in Lemon House, but this is. This is a disappointment, but we'll see what the rest of the LP looks like. Who knows? Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be more heavier stuff. The Callous Dogboys are now the two minutes to late night house band. It looks like this is they're replacing Utoid Man. Even. Amazing! So kudos to them for that. The Sound mm-hmm. and Creation just announced a new tour. Chris, I don't want to say you're glutton for punishment, but I really hope this goes well for you because the, the whole van breaking down thing was really heartbreaking to see. So definitely make sure to go out and support Chris on his December run of dates through uh, Tennessee, Ohio, Midwest, um, all the way to the Southwest, Albuquerque. Stay busy, Chris. You cannot fault him for that. It's fucking, he is just relentless, relentlessly touring on this material. So kudos to him. Meth just announced their second full-length album, Shame, which is coming out on... February second via prosthetic, excuse me, prosthetic records. Getting that heavy tongue there. And um, man, I loved Mother of Red Light so much, so I'm really hoping that this will be uh, as good, if not better, than that. But uh, my concern is that they've had such a, like a, an ever-changing lineup, so maybe some consistency might be lost there. But I'm pretty sure it's him and the, the one guitarist writing, and Andrew, the drummer, writing. Yeah, I was going to say Andrew's probably involved still. I guess as, I know as long is. as it's like Seb's doing vocals, I guess we're, it's still meth. So. Seb is a visionary. What can you say? Yep. Every, like every one of his projects, I enjoy to like varying degrees, but I would say that they're all objectively pretty good. Yep. If not just like decent. Let's see what else here. Oh, this is pretty notable. Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum, the original... Mathcore or progressive metalcore, if you will, a progressive metal band with violin just premiered their first new track and announced their first new album in 17 years. Like, Callous Dalboys and Juan Bond dope. definitely owe their instrumentation configuration to that band for sure. What else? What else? Fawn Limbs have just announced a new album. Maybe we talked about that actually. No. Fawn Limbs have just announced a new album with Nadja, noise artist, or, uh, drone artist Nadja I gotta say the track itself sounds like the entire album playing at once it's a bit good description it's a bit frustrating yep it's a lot altogether but we'll see it just seems unnecessary to me from a production standpoint but maybe like the actual album itself will be good okay See You Next Tuesday have just announced a bit of a, a re-edit album featuring 25 artists from 12 different bands. Kind of a crazy idea. I, I really enjoy There's also two like fully original singles on this album, mind you, featuring Kyle Medina of Body Snatcher and uh, another one featuring uh, Rich Lombardi of The Sawtooth Grin. And that one in particular goes fucking hard. I enjoyed the Body Snatcher one too, I, especially like I I I listen to Body Snatcher. I, I love that beatdown shit, you know. And uh, yeah, it was good. I, I really a band ran, I've been really made aware random, of on Twitter. 
Really? Yeah, that Twitter sort of band, yeah. Really random uh, choice for them, though. I don't know what the Agreed. connection with those guys are with them, but uh, yeah, uh, I've seen them quite a few Face times. Face tattoos. <laughs> Sorry, Drew, I love you. <laughs> I, I, I saw them live in, uh, at Slim's, rest in peace, uh, with uh, Traders. Oh, man, yeah. Who, um, Body Snatcher? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, dude, so good. So good. Slim's. Rest in piss. Don't worry, it's dead now. So fucking. <laughs> I never fully enjoyed seeing a show there. I'm not gonna front. Like it's just the goddamn pole. pillars. The yeah. Pillars, every, the, yeah. They're they're pillar venues. You know. Uh, so yeah, new re-edit album coming from See You Next Tuesday, and very cool. They're also doing a trans rights benefit thing of some sort. I just lost my place. I think they're selling a shirt that's going to some trans benefit. So if you fuck with that, definitely support that. Botch just entering the last leg of their November tour, December dates. If you're on the West Coast, uh, I'll see you at the San Francisco show. You, you. Levi will be there as well. I finally re- relocated my ticket. Oh, good. I was like, what app did I fucking buy this goddamn ticket on? Uh, I think that's about it. Okay. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 107th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. BT Band with Devin Townsend. That lineup makes perfect fucking sense for sure.